you're listening to Caddy Wampus. Imagine we did this whole thing on an iPad. But we would sort of need to use that uh, the pass through charge dongle, yeah. Oh. One USB C port, but if you're using it yeah. for exclusive access, there's a you could put parallel, you could put charge in parallel with yeah. this twin dongle. That costs I like mean, $50. if we were gonna do it, there'd be a lot of dongles. And yeah, it'd be, and it'd be dongle fucking city. Well, yeah. what do you call that? That's not yeah, that bad. Yeah, we would hate dongles and cables around. God, if we added one dongle <laughs> Can you to this, imagine if there I'm were getting t- real tired of visiting big fucking dongles every time. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, realistically, this is not bad. Can you imagine if there were two more <laughs> cables right now? Just two little one-inch segments. Your heart would stop. You're literally giving me palpitations. I would hate for you guys to see the amount of cables I have to clean up. An event event I did on Saturday had probably 15 300-foot runs of cable. Do you ever feel like you ever fear that you'll fall into a vat of cables and you'll be like swamp thing, but for cables, like cable thing, cable thing? You like Alec Holland was a was was a cable management expert Uh, at an audio video company when an accident befell. It's entirely possible, especially when it's like a spaghetti mess you could trip and fall in and the get truth executed. Is, the truth is Brian died that day and the cables just think they're Brian alright so anyway so what did we watch this time I don't remember we watched Armageddon Michael Bay's Armageddon it's the summertime we wanted a feel good summer blockbuster summertime. it's been 20 21 years since Armageddon I can't believe it's been that people long people will tell you that Armageddon is, is a good Michael Bay movie and, and I hadn't seen it since like 1999 and 2000 whenever the Criterion DVD came out and had an extended cut I watched that that was the last time I ever watched this movie I would argue that there is no such thing as a good Michael Bay film I kind of like The Rock I will admit, since I've since we watched The Rock in a previous episode for our Road to Mandy, which we're definitely going to get to one day, I liked Armageddon more than I thought I would. I I used to Go watch on. it. <laughs> I used to watch all it all right. the time when I was a kid. Um, I had it on VHS, and for whatever reason, I loved it. Why? I also realized while watching it that I remembered nothing about it. He loves oil rigs. He loves a simple, homegrown, private business, mom and pop oil rig, which is definitely a thing that exists, apparently. He's the best driller. Is that really a thing? No! did not think that was really a thing. This takes place in an alternate universe where George Stevens giant with Rock Hudson. That was like, it's like a, it's like an oil punk movie where we're now we're in a future <laughs> where, where oil, where oil drilling is, it's not a finite resource. Anyone can do it. And a, because at one it's point like farming. in this movie, Ben Affleck quits to run his own private oil drilling. Yeah. And he's got his own oil rig just out on a field somewhere. Because the movie sets, like, so by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, Armageddon's about an asteroid hurtling towards Earth. They have 18 days to figure out how to, stop the collision with earth they realize the only way to do is to drill into the asteroid place a nuclear bomb on the fault line in the asteroid to blow it up so that the pieces miss earth but it's been but the 18 day clock is running somehow within 30 hours ben affleck has been fired from bruce willis's oil rig in the south china sea made it back to america and started his own oil company with his name and his drilling oil Uh he's already got the machinery set up it's pumping it looks like it even looks a little dirty. It's like this is a well-established oil company. This like, is was this, this his side maybe hustle he bought, that he, he was bought doing out or? another company. This movie is Ayn Rand's wet dream. Like this, this but was, instead of trains, it's oil. Anyone can succeed in capitalism. I, I did make I did make a note. This probably would have been a better movie had you started it with them already being on the asteroid. Because 
realize that. What? It took. <laughs> what? All right. Explain. Okay. P- pitch it out. Pitch it, it out. It took. <laughs> I'll listen. So that movie was two and a half hours long. And it spent, what, an hour and a half to the asteroid? Which is supposed to be the point of the movie? I clocked it at sixty-eight minutes when so, the it felt uh, like when an the, eternity when, the, when they actually leave Earth when the when the shuttles. So are launch. you saying that this movie should just pick up with our intrepid heroes on an asteroid? Well, I, we don't know why. So I think I actually think what you need to cut is the Mir space station sequence. Definitely, that's the thing that needs to go because then you go. It doesn't even make sense because I understand the because this movie. I mean, borrows heavily from the right stuff. I'm not opposed to the premise of this movie which is we need to we have 18 days to train oil drillers to go to space and drill in space so basically they need to become astronauts in 18 days so pacing wise from the asteroid being discovered to getting the oil drills to NASA that's a fairly good act one setup pace like it's moving the montage of training them at NASA to the launch is oh like, yeah it's like that it's so long but I understand doing that to a point but then there's so many set pieces from there the launch goes to Mir and things go on at Mir because they need to refuel to then slingshot around the moon to then get to the asteroid. All that fuel you spend getting into space, you gain a lot of velocity. Why would you then break, fill up your gas tanks, so, and then start again? Weirdly, I think they're trying to be accurate to how long it would take to get to the moon and they don't have enough time. So these are experimental shuttles that need more fuel so they can then get to the moon quicker because it takes a certain amount of time to get to the moon. And they've How long does it actually take us to get to the moon? Um, well, about... I did the math. <laughs> With the experimental rockets? <laughs> well, those experimental so, rockets went approximately one two hundredth the speed of light. What is the average velocity of an unladen experimental rocket? Really, though, like, how long does it take us to get to the moon? Uh, a week. And they have 60 hours. But, but here's the thing is, they've already said these are experimental advanced shuttles. Then the experimental advanced shuttle doesn't need to refuel at Mir. Yeah. Right. It's, you've already told they've me... They've already got the capacity a, to do it. You've already told me this is a piece of science fiction technology. Don't add this extra hurdle. But then how would we get our Russian on the team? Just have him be on the team. It's a joint venture. But he wasn't on the oil rig. I, I don't get it either. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> there, there are gaps. Like, hey, they, like, they could have made that hello, work. Hello, you found me on Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I was stranded by cosmonauts. What are you doing here? Moon's haunted. The asteroids have sound effects that make it sound like it's haunted. Yeah. One, it sounds like a transformer, and it looks like a transformer. And then two, I remember when they get to the to the asteroid and the dock lowers, it makes this wailing sound like it's on the moors. Like yeah. it's a fucking haunted asteroid. Yeah, like there's banshees and shit. No one's been on this asteroid in 50 years. <laughs> Ooh. This, man, this asteroid's been abandoned since the 1870s. They, they sink shot to the moon. Mm-hmm. And then I they noticed something stupid. Which thing? Yeah. So, <laughs> Which okay, part? okay. You're going to have to be more so specific. I, I got mad and paused the movie and did the math and figured out their speed was 1 to the speed of light. I paused the movie. I went to a chalkboard. I, I went, chalk I went to my Nicolas Cage knowing chalkboard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was scribbling on the walls. I was scribbling on the floor with my Sharpie. I did the math. 1 to the speed of light. Okay. Figured it out. I'm like, okay, maybe reasonable. I thought they went faster than light. Okay. Just for a moment there. But then they approached the asteroid from the wake. Yeah. Dude. Because, That's dumb! Well, because the theory is is that the debris will be caught by the moon's gravity because there's already meteor showers Oh, ahead yeah, that of was the the, one of the reasons why they did that. Because yeah, but that, 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 no, that's not, the moon doesn't have enough gravity to pull all those also, rocks. Also, and I do not know enough about astrophysics for this. Um, I, w- I definitely would have gotten less than a C minus, which is apparently what the president's advisor got in this movie, according to Lucius Malfoy. They did explain like, that there was like a belt and belt. something else happened, like a sun went nova like, or something, or gravity or something, something. or a, wi- a wizard did it. or Yeah, it was a wizard. 
was it was fucking uh, Thanos or something. The point is, a a giant mess. Yeah, Thanos pulled it down. A giant mess was dislodged, and then it it starts hurling directly towards Earth. Um, That said, with it passing so close to the moon, that actually could have affected the trajectory enough just to slingshot it away by itself. Well, I guess they were... No movie needed. Well, I guess they were counting on the fact that they knew that it would be near the moon, which would keep it on that track or make it on the track. Like, if, if not for the moon, maybe it would have missed us. Of course, if not for the moon, we'd have other problems, but... We'd have no werewolves. But they, what they're saying is, is that on its current course, which would include the moon coming close to it, it's gonna hit Earth. So factoring in the moon, it's gonna hit Earth. Like, if only it were, if only there were no moon, it would not hit the Earth. And again, we'd have no werewolves. Well, I was a little skeptical because at this point, it didn't understand gravity when they hit a gravity on button and started spinning the station. But they're in the middle of mass. So if, if there was artificial gravity... They wouldn't have had it in the center of gravity so where the station it, is. It seems like they're not trying to say that there's... So, so they did make a mention of rotation. So it sounds like what, the, what they're trying to say is that the Mir space station could rotate and therefore have gravity, which is not a thing. But I, but that's the theory they're trying to get, which is the 2001 A Space Odyssey logic. Yep. Of course, those space, oh, those satellites are so massive. Yeah, they were the, enormous. They the were like idea the size is that of the Golden Gate Bridge. They have, enough, they have enough mass that by rotating they become their own they, they, they do obtain their own gravities through your 2001 it, it, space it makes Odyssey. a little more sense in that context but not when you're literally in a space tube <laughs> it, it makes a little more sense in the Stanley Kubrick film than the Michael Bay film <laughs> who would have thought For, uh, surprisingly Stanley Kubrick fought it out a bit more <laughs> Oh man! And then launching both of those rockets like right next to each other, and they, you know, you can see oh, when they you launch, see the, you can see the scene where they're the rockets so taking awkward. off. It's like okay, number two ready to go, and number two launches, and I just look and like Cut on the screen, the mo- both of the shuttles fly directly into the camera, and I'm like, just, that is no way safe. I was I, so hoping when the first rocket launched, and they were like number two ready to go, and then you just cut to everyone dead and number two in a heat husk. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they I, apparently I, launched right next to each other, right? I had completely yes. forgotten there was even two shuttles. Yeah, because that that, that's sense. that's nonsensical. Like, why would you do that in case in one my, fails? Or like, I get that, but yeah, you would launch them at different. Were you times. not listening to Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> um, yeah, why launch them at yeah. different times? Launch them one after the other. Launch them at different places we can launch. Yeah, or, so or, launch one in Cape Canaveral and the other one launches from Houston, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. Or have go. one ship that separates into two, like Voltron. Yeah, exactly like Voltron. <laughs> That, that, but like that not the sense. good Voltron, like the space plane mm-hmm. Voltron or the space. Well, that's like, it's like the later Power Rangers where it was like do. lightning space force rescue. And you're like, we're a fire truck. I'm like, this is not as cool as a dinosaur. That's technically what they do in Sunshine, right? They, they I don't a, recall ever having Voltron. In no, Sunshine. no, no. They, they have a piece yeah, they on their Vol- ship. Yeah, do you not remember? They fought the sun god with Voltron. Yeah. No, they I have, would they, be okay with a Voltron they episode take where off they just fight with, the sun. They take off with like some extra piece. That helps propulse, like, with propulsion or something. I mean, you um, need boosters, man. Yeah. yeah. Boosters. Clearly that second Thank ship you. was yeah. not a great idea. Or I guess... Well, well, you say that, but if Ben Affleck hadn't shown... Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, <laughs> so the movie starts. So basically, Charlton Heston um, starts narrating about how the dinosaurs died, which feels like a real power move on, like, the Jerry Bruckheimer, like, Disney part, where it's like, we fucking got Charlton Heston just to do this. And they're trying to give you the context of, like, in case you didn't know what asteroids could do to the planet, they do this. They, they kill the death everybody. Um, and so then you cut to, uh, I believe it's a space mission that gets attacked by uh, meteorites. It's caught in the crossfire. And uh, basically they figure out that an asteroid's coming. It's going to destroy Earth. Then we cut to an oil rig in the South Country, a privately owned small mom and pop business oil rig run by one Bruce Willis. Who has his daughter on the rig? Who well, he's has playing. Well, first he's rig. golfing and he's just attacking Greenpeace people, which he then makes a comment about how he donates money to them. 
Maybe he feels bad about hitting with golf balls, so he gives them well, money. I guess it's him supposed to be saying, hey, this is my job, but I also do care about the environment, even though yeah. I'm literally taking a drill into the ocean floor to steal oil. <laughs> yeah, so he has a daughter. It's his daughter. Okay, so it's his daughter, and the wife is... Al- the mom's alive and left, or did she die? Unclear. I, I don't think, think they explain it. I think Liv I Tyler think... says when mom left. I'm assuming she left. No, no, no. I think they, Bruce... they, have a, they, have a, they have a talk about it. She, like, um... I think she just left the family. Who wouldn't leave Bruce Willis? He pulled that shotgun out and she said, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah so an oil well, rig's yeah. a very hazardous environment for any kind of spark, let alone a Oh my god, shotgun. it was insane. Um, and what do you know? The oil rig starts to fall apart, you know, five minutes after this little unnecessary shootout. Well, that was because Ben Affleck started a drill secretly without anyone knowing in the middle of the night, which doesn't seem that possible. Uh, let me just ignore that loud... Coming from yeah. all that machinery. <laughs> Oh, when the first meteor strike hits the astronauts, there is a close-up of a single piece of meteor fragment cutting through the American flag patch yep. mm-hmm. with a dramatic, sad, sorrowful music stain. And I was like, and this is also after the title card exploded at me. And this is, <laughs> this, I was like, Common oh. thing with summer movies. And I was like, I was like, yeah, for real. And I was like, oh, Michael Bay, you've always been this way. Yep. You have always been you, haven't you? And At least then, he knows what he's about. And then the other thing that happened before we get to the oil rig is, do, who forgot who, do, who forgot that Eddie Griffin was in this movie? Because I did. He's got the little I, dog. I think I forgot oh, yeah. everything about this movie. So Eddie Griffin. Oh, that's one of the first scenes. Yes. And then, so first of all, a couple of things happened in this sequence that I thought was interesting. One, Eddie Griffin's really playing it up. And then the dog runs and attacks Godzilla merch because this came out the summer of the Dean Devlin, Roland yeah. Emmerich, Godzilla movie. I was wondering about that. When the meteors start attacking, it start attacking. <laughs> the meteors are <laughs> attack of the meteors. They're, well, they're part of a hive mind. Um, Arm <laughs> yourselves. They're coming. I mean, when you cut to this asteroid, it feels like it's supposed to be sentient. New York gets decimated. And I remember thinking like... If you had asked me, hey, does Armageddon have a lot of CGI in it, having not seen it in 20 years, I would have said, no, probably not. But it has a Oh, ton. no, it's got a because lot. Because I don't remember any of the actual attacks on the Earth. I just remember the asteroid, which is just I've, a big set. I had forgotten all of that. So when it was happening, I was like, what is going on? Yeah, the movie this... likes to take breaks uh, in between the action or between the drama just to show you, hey, by the way, here's another meteor shower. <laughs> by and... the way, Shane High's gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all these people are dead. All right, moving back to the action. it's all CGI. Like, it's almost like 90% CGI, all that stuff. So anyway, <laughs> ben, Aff- ben Affleck is a hotshot flyboy genius oil driller? Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a thing. Um, who is A, sleeping with Bruce Willis' daughter, played by Liv Tyler, and, and B, turned on an, a, a drill that Willis had ordered turned off, which causes an accident that does strike oil and leads to success, but endangers everybody. And Bruce Willis, after firing a shotgun you know, multiple times... Oh, he shoots him. I'd say like 10 well, times. As, as he points out, he goes, he goes, ah, it's just a ricochet, which I also said out loud, that's still shooting. That's <laughs> still getting shot. <laughs> yeah, it's not even, it's not even like, a, at least it's like not even a handgun or, a, or, or just a simple rifle. It's a shotgun. It is buckshot every going across time, this oil rig. Every time he fires that weapon, every time he discharges that shotgun on that rig, he has the potential to literally explode the rig. 
And yeah. this just glazed over. That's not how oil works. Oil's like dirty water. Yeah, but Michael Bay need guns and boom. Yeah. No, no. Oh, God. So, so he fires Ben Affleck for turning on the, the drill, which, fair enough. Yeah, that, that's understandable. Yeah, totally. Totally makes sense. Yeah, because he's... Did he fire them specifically for the drill, or was it because of his daughter Anne? No, I think it's because of the drill, because he goes, he goes, I turned it off because of X, Y, and Z. People could have died today. You're fired. Like, and, and you know what? Fair enough. And he doesn't mention anything. That, that's a separate issue. They've already... This is after he well, shot them. Well, I feel yeah, like he already got his revenge for that. Well, that feels like the Amer- that feels like Michael Bay's definition of American. Oh, you sleep with my daughter? I'll try and shoot you, but I would never fire you as a bi- as a small business owner. But you 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 endanger the lives of people in my office. You're fired. Like that's the morality There's of a Michael my Bay. Line. That's the morality of a Michael Bay protagonist. It adds up. So what I- happens is the military show up because because Jason Isaacs tells them we need to drill. But well, first Bruce Willis also tells Liv Tyler as the military is showing up, and I thought this was very insightful of Bruce Willis, and it kind of it stuck in my head till the end of the movie. Bruce Willis tells Liv Tyler that Ben Affleck isn't a choice as he's just a lack of options because he's the only one of her age on the oil rig. And I was like, Bruce Willis is kind of right. Like, <laughs> this marriage is not going to last, right? Like, he'll... Bruce... Spoiler. Bruce Willis dies to save Ben Affleck on this asteroid. They're getting divorced, right? And her dad will have died for nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's only going to take a few um, months. So the military shows up to recruit Bruce Willis. And the other thing I noted was um, Steve Buscemi thinks the military is there for him. For child porn? For ch- for having yeah. sex with a child. He goes, yeah. I swear I didn't know her age. And it made me immediately think of Con Air. This is the movie. This is a year <laughs> oh, after yeah. Con Air. And it's the same producer. And I looked it up on IMDb. And you know what? You know what? The president in Armageddon is the president in The Rock. Is Jerry Bruckheimer in a shared universe? Is Steve Buscemi a serial killer who's changed his name? Who works on an oil rig now? So they get to NASA. Billy Bob Thornton lays it on the line. Asteroid coming. We need the drill. And then they bring out a drill bit and i thought this was super weird bruce willis is like this is my drill i built it so you just have a key to the patent office and Bob thornton goes like basically and i'm like so bruce willis owns his own drilling company he's a third generation roughneck and he builds like he's tony stark yeah he designs this like super advanced <laughs> drill he's a brilliant d- drill designer who runs a rig and that's why he strange. has his own company i guess um he's the best of the best and that's why they hired him I mean, that doesn't make sense like if i came up with a better drill design and i was an oil rig or deep sea driller or whatever i wouldn't I wouldn't sell that to people. I'd use it to make more money by drilling more oil. Right, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, like, there's got to be a cost evaluation there, but... Sell that shit to Exxon. You always talk about wanting your daughter, giving a better... Get, get your daughter a better life. Sell that shit to Exxon right now. <laughs> Pretty right? much. College for the next eight generations and, and of then, my family. And he's like, I you somehow managed to screw up my blueprint. And let me guess, it's, uh, it's jamming up and the polarity's all messed up. He says up you and... did, like, something backwards. And I'm like, that's a pretty big fuck-up for NASA. <laughs> Bruce but Willis talks about the NASA astronauts vision. or standing no. at attention as if they are dumber than his roughneck team, yeah. which is well, past a nine to the in, core. In fairness, I think he was saying that he was dumber compared to his team at this specific thing. Because they go out of their way to imply throughout this film that everyone on his team is an idiot. Okay, so what is more important? <laughs> well, the ability to safely fly up to this asteroid and park your drill and drill it, or B... To get to the drill. To, to, to do you want to drill? Well, moments, do you want to kill all your astronauts or do you want to just hire some dumb guys to go drill it? Well, there's some moments where this almost. <laughs> They're expendable. This almost. <laughs> If like six more rewrites and this would have made sense. So they agree to drill. It doesn't make any sense, but they're going to drill. They're going to get trained. Literally shots from the right stuff. Steve Buscemi going to get some 
Some strippers. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, they all need to have a night off. Uh, we have no time to give people a night off. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense with this ticking yeah. clock. Uh, that's another. Uh, that's another. Well, the morale breaking thing. That's valid. Well, given that they don't have the psychological profile to even do this freaking mission. That was another great Bayham moment where Bruce Willis turns to William Fickner and says, "So by the way, they do introduce." other astronauts and so there's there's going to be a pilot a munitions expert and a co-pilot or something co-pilot something like that yeah so there's three astronauts on each ship so fickner's kind of the main lead of these astronauts and bruce willis asked william fickner if he would like to spend his last thought on earth with his children and when he does this for that one shot he is framed in front of a floor-to-ceiling american American flag flag, in soft focus which i was like boy michael bay then there's the famous ben affleck live tyler animal cracker scene Uh, mm mm-hmm she specifically says, like, do other people do this? I wrote and that I, down too. I and was I was like, like well, no, nobody does this. No, Anybody nobody's do ever shoved an animal cracker in a vagina. <laughs> no, that's Tyler, never happened. Lou Tyler, I believe the exact quote is, do you think anyone else on the planet is doing the same thing we are? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> never. Ooh, yeah, I'm into a lot of weird They might be for Steve one. Buscemi's character. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> then uh, my favorite one was when Will Patton goes to his ex and his kid, and the ex goes, court says you can't come around. I'm like, oh, this ain't some divorce. What yeah. the fuck? Did, yeah. Who'd you hit? Yeah. Her yeah, That's kid. a restraining Probably order. Her. That's yeah. a restraining order. What the fuck? This happened years ago because his kid doesn't recognize him. Oh, that was this weird. is a mess. Bruce what Willis runs doing? with a wild crowd. So Michael Bay, for anyone who doesn't know, directs the Victoria's Secrets commercials, and he has for the last 20 years. He developed the Victoria's Secret commercial style. I learned that just now. When there are two... Today makes sense. Those two shots coming into the strip club are literally the Victoria's Secrets commercials that he invented. The stripper looks at camera as flashes go off as if people are taking photographs with flash photography somehow so. also did anyone notice that when they get arrested outside of the strip club it, the strip club was just called love yep it's i've just... seen some pretty simple strip club names in my time that doesn't strike me as odd <laughs> well, just said, what just... strip club would you like to go to tits i'm surprised <laughs> it didn't just say live news i'd like to go, to, I'd the... like to, go to club <laughs> exactly so then they get ready to go to space because we've been watching this movie for a goddamn hour at 68 minutes, they take off to space. There's 83 minutes left in the movie at this point. <laughs> when do they get to the fireworks factory? <sighs> As they launch, Liv Tyler also stands. This one's even worse. Liv Tyler stands illuminated in front of a massive American flag as soldiers in full military dress stand in the foreground in silhouette as they watch the shuttle launch. So then we go to the Mir space station and we meet Hollywood's favorite Russian, Peter Stormare, who's actually Swedish. <laughs> The, he's Russian space station. I fix things with wrench. Oh, this is Russian. <laughs> how we fix things on Russian space station. This crap is made in Taiwan. Like, yeah, that, that, uh-huh. So at the end of the movie, he kind of saves the day by smacking a console until the engine starts. And I'll be honest, I preferred it to most of the rest of the movie where people were just like screaming at things. That's mostly just Peter Stormare. But so, what, what comes, of but why man. why does Mir explode? The fuel does what now? Um, one of the astronauts on the missions go, goes poking around and messes with some levers and the fuel storage and ends up. He sends Ben Affleck down there and tells him to hit this lever if the pressure gauge go, goes too high. I think the pressure gauge goes too high and it does nothing. Yeah, oh, the yeah, lever remember, breaks remember, off. Yeah. He pulls the lever and it breaks off. He's like, oh yeah, he just pulled the lever. Here's the lever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
okay, well, what do we do? Get out of here because yeah, the station's get... filling up liquid fuel. Like, okay, yeah. Star Mayor, get out and push. They'll be, they'll be going three <laughs> meters I, a second. This is fourth time I've done this. <laughs> this is how Russian space program born. We pushed. It is it's very dis- Michael Bay. Very distinct style. You know, the, the other thing that struck me as really Michael Bay is when the, um, so when the second shuttle, the Independence, crashes, the scene where the pilots get, like, sucked out as the meteor shower hits... It is like horrific, like the way it's cut yeah. and the way it's done. It reminded me of the Transformers movies. It reminded me of the island. It's so interesting because this is the movie he made after The Rock. And The Rock is an R-rated action movie that includes nerve gas. And no death in that movie is shot as violent, as violently <laughs> yeah. or as viciously as in this movie. Which doesn't make any sense. It's, it's his sensibility coming through. Because if you think about the Transformers movies, that is a thing. He likes horrific, visceral, cynical well, Violence. The Let me glass. tell you what doesn't make sense, though. The shuttle failed, and the astronauts get sucked well, out. Well, got hit, right? Got hit by a meteor. We call that failing. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, fair there, enough. It certainly wasn't succeeding, there, so there, I, there, I really don't have a leg to stand on, do I? There, there was failure across the board with that. Um, that whole, going back to the, why did they approach or the back of the asteroid? Because anyway. they expected most of the debris to be sucked in by the moon's gravity. Idiots. Uh, which is, I guess... To be they, fair, all the debris ahead was not being sucked in by the moon's gravity. Yeah, and once you notice that, don't you... Change course, maybe. I mean, you got thrusters. No, you go right into it. That's what they do in every sci-fi movie. Go faster, go faster. So they crash. This 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 shuttle crashes. The other, yeah. one, the other one touches down and misses its mark by a few miles. Uh, several miles. Twenty six miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, Enough to be and, and sitting it, on a plate of it, solid iron. I did like that Steve Buscemi because they'd set up earlier that he was that he was a genius and he was a scholar and and that he was just this weird guy despite being like a brilliant geologist who had clearly like flunked out of a bunch of stuff. It was during the psychiatrist scene. When he's like, would anyone like to know why we don't have communication? And he like lays out what's going on. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because like as smart and as dedicated and as fit to the challenge, a Air Force pilot and a munitions nuclear expert are these two NASA guys. There's no way they'd know that about geology. Like like, this was the part where you got so close to the ragtag team making sense, the Ocean's Eleven aspect making sense, where it's like each person has a specialty. But it feels like I got lost like eight drafts ago. Where the idea was, Steve Buscemi was was a genius geologist. This Air Force pilot can fly anything. You know, Bruce Willis knows how to build the drill bit. Ben Affleck's character's, you know, an artist when it comes to operating the drill. Like, that's what it should have been, but it's not clear. Like, it's not clarified, because Ocean's Eleven does the same fucking thing, and it's just as unbelievable. But that movie's fun and and well-executed, well-acted, well-directed. You know, like, that movie's executed with an intelligence that lets you buy into the suspension of disbelief of, this will be a fun heist movie that, yeah, it doesn't really work that way in the real world. It's not a realistic ground of movie, but it creates an intelligence that let you buy into that. This movie is so close. Like, maybe, maybe the first draft had that but they've moved on beyond that so much but that Steve Buscemi even feels like a relic where he's like well we're on we're on we're on a big magnet good job guys and here's why I know that and I was like oh you're a genius I guess that's good to know that's I thought you just raped children a reasonable uh, deduction yeah. huh how about that you're also, not, you know just a creep so there's this whole weird extra subplot where Willem Fickner is like I'm gonna pull a gun out of a, a safe which by the way the gun is just loaded sitting in the safe not secured anywhere this was pre 9-11 so that gun's just loaded, rattling around this whole time, and uh-huh. then it's in zero G, just being shucking around the whole time. Yep. Also, guns don't. The really... air marshal didn't care as much at this point. Guns don't really work well in space. <laughs> the air marshal. Which one was? So the I said secret... this was pre nine eleven. Who was the secret air marshal? Was it Steve Buscemi? Yes, <laughs> it was probably Steve Buscemi. Undercover the whole time. <laughs> He's no one's going to suspect the kid diddler. 
that that plan B didn't. Uh, I felt like it was we'll unnecessary. We'll detonate it on the surface. And do what? <laughs> like if that was going to work, wouldn't we have just done that to begin well, with? Well, the problem is, well, the scientist advisor says it's going to work, and Jason Isaacs is the one who's like, "Oh, that's just not going to work, dude." That's the theory right now. That's our that's our only plan. If an asteroid is heading this way, is to nuke it until we can change its trajectory. And that is a great thing about the, this movie. And, you know, if we can, we can criticize it, we can love it, but the fact is our actual asteroid defense plan involves nuking it. The, the most the most realistic <laughs> <It's> real. <laughs> the most realistic moment in the movie is when the president goes, "Why didn't we see this coming?" and and uh fucking Billy Bob Thornton steps in and goes, "Well, sir, uh, uh NASA's current budget allows us to allows us to monitor 3% of the sky and with all due respect, sir, it's a big ass sky." And yeah. I was like I was like you know, Michael Bay's sending a really positive message. Fun NASA. <laughs> Steve Buscemi at this point gets space dementia, which is the latest fictional version of, 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 a, of a thing that doesn't exist, which is called space madness. Ocean madness. <laughs> is that the abyss? Uh, I don't remember what that, that remember was. Michael, yeah. Michael Bean gets yeah. like ocean madness, starts cutting himself. Yep. Yeah, uh, space madness is not a thing, but I love it because it's in so many movies. And I like the fact that they keep referring to it as space dementia. They were in space for yeah, like yeah, a couple days. It was an no, 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 no. excuse so to let Steve Buscemi ride on the nuke. Well, <laughs> that was all well, it that was. was how they were trying to excuse him, like firing the miss, the, the firing the machine gun for some weird reason that was Which irrelevant. is, by the way, why the flipping hell do they have machine guns on those in rovers? In case aliens. Yeah, yeah aliens. in case the moon monsters <laughs> showed up. It was, for, it was because, as we've been over, moon's haunted. Also, every time you go to space in every movie, there's aliens, so you got to be prepared. I was shocked aliens didn't show up in this fucking movie. It shows a lot of restraint actually, from Michael Bay. It's actually uh, alien astro- asteroid aliens. It's a fucking transformer so, on the back of the asteroid, just shoving it towards Earth, <laughs> full full throttle open. Ah, Megatron's just throwing rocks at Earth. I get it now. Yeah. Harry Stamper. So, I like to imagine Star Screams, the one screaming that. <laughs> Harry Stamper! <laughs> <laughs> got the message that time. <laughs> Why are you drilling a hole in my asteroid? <laughs> this is my home since Megatron kicked me out. Would this be a better or worse I'm movie so sad. if everybody just died? Better. Well, that's kind of Deep Impact. Yeah, that basically was Deep Impact. Now that's how it ends. Yeah. And since it's a worse movie, I guess I gotta go worse. <laughs> yeah. Gotta save so, the day. So does everybody... On on this mission in Deep Impact Die, or does everybody? Yeah, I believe die? the mission fails and they well, all die. Well, no, the mission doesn't fail because I think there's like two pieces of asteroid or something. Yeah, and one of them does hit Earth, but it's not a glow. It's not like a planet killer. It's like it's, a half planet killer. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then the Dude, other that one sucks. And then the other one, they just kind of fly the shuttle into to destroy it, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think as, I've ever seen as it. As bad as Armageddon is, like, dude, Deep Impact sucks. Like. Like, look at it this way. We're talking about Armageddon. We're never talking about deep impact. You want to talk about cultural irrelevance. Talk about it right now. They drill the hole. Ben Affleck shows up, gives him the last drill bit. Uh, Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck have a meaningful scene of trust. They drill the hole. They put the nuke in. Uh-oh. No way to remote trigger the nuke. Someone's got to stay behind a detonator. Yeah, because they, they broke the freaking remote detonator. Oh, no. We can't remote it. They're talking about who's going to stay behind. Steve Buscemi volunteers. At first, I was like, yeah, let that crazy guy stay. But then I was like, no, that dude could just as easily not hit that trigger. <laughs> just watch him. Watch, watch the earth burn. Just ride it in. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Um, and so Ben Affleck takes the short straw, 
Bruce Willis is uh, like, I'll take him down. And then Bruce Willis trades his places and forces Ben Affleck back in. And actually, I will say, this is the only moment of the movie that really works. Is I actually think Ben Affleck, at this point, he's young in his career. I think he knows he's not in the best movie, but he's like giving it his all. And he gives an actually committed, interesting performance that's very authentic in this movie, where he screams, I love you. And I was like, that's strangely real. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a really horrifying real moment in this otherwise <laughs> farce of a movie. Bruce Willis struggles to press the button, and in the way it's cut together, it's just fucking Star Wars, right? Like him reaching for the button, and then you cut to NASA, you cut to the other ship flying away, and it feels like the same pace, tone, and some of the some of the CGI and some of the cuts. Like there's people in profile like Tarkin, there's the ships flying away like the Falcon, and it's got the exact cadence and pace of the of the Death Star blowing up. Yeah. So Bruce Willis <clears throat> hits the button and goes, or as he hits the button, he goes, "I love you, Grace." And then there's eight flashes of Liv Tyler in the astral plane on a beach in a black void with oh, a yeah, white yeah, yeah. light. I thought there, those were memories. When it's did, his, he, remember his, when, when did he remember his daughter in a black plane with a white light? I don't know. He was going to heaven. Yeah, so it's not just memories. Like, he glimpses the afterlife, right? Like, like uh. this movie implies that the afterlife is real. And then the wedding happens. Isn't it weird that the wedding has pictures of the dead people? Like, is the wedding awake? Is it? Is it a wedding? It's a wake and a wedding. Is it a wedding wake combo? Yes. Well, it's called saving money. <clears throat> They're being cost effective. Also, Peter Stormare got invited to the wedding, but Billy Bob Thornton did not. It's weird that Peter Stormare. <laughs> Listen so a lot like he Commander must have been, So he has to be the one to invite Peter Stormare to the wedding, right? Ben Affleck. She's not going to do it. She doesn't yeah. know him. I mean, I guess after you jump a space canyon, you know, you got to invite when some... When you evil Knievel your way around a fucking meteor. Like, if a month before my wedding, I end up jumping a space canyon with somebody, I guess they got to come to my wedding. That is how it works. Uh, we haven't talked about Aerosmith that much. So Aerosmith, obviously, has four songs in this movie. Well, technically three, and they play one twice with different mixes. Very awkward. Yeah, none of them are very good. Oh, you didn't love their cover of uh, Come Together? No, not even a little. Could have done without the Aerosmith. It, just, it felt really out of place. I mean, any fi- anyway. Final thoughts about Armageddon, anyone? Um, liked it, didn't like it? I liked it when I was younger. I, I hate it now. I give it three asteroids out of five. How many Aerosmiths do you give it? Zero Aerosmiths, two Asteroids. I give it six Todd Rungans. <laughs> it's it's not bad. Six but Todd Rungans out of ten. No. It's definitely not the worst Michael Bay movie. No. Well, I mean, oh, well, God, no, no, but that's like... I give it one thermonuclear nuke. That was Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! See you next, Ugh, See you Arm- next time. Arm- Armageddon. Armageddon out of here. <laughs> Bye. I don't want to close my eyes. No, I, do. <laughs> I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. Something, something, something. All right, let's get this grease report done. Something, something, something. You've been listening to Caddy Wampus. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Caddy Wampus Pod. Email us at caddywampuspodcast at gmail.com music by Tilly.